Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, Jaeger CPA Review and More. This podcast is sponsored by Jaeger CPA Review, the course provider that deals only with the ASCPA blueprints. Please go to the JaegerCPAReview.com website and look at our various products. And we believe in seeing is believing. And therefore, please look at our three-day free trial. Pick a subject, and it'll give you three days free access unlimited to that product. And I believe that once you look at that product and see how it works, you will pick Jaeger CPA Review as your course provider. If you have any questions, you can reach us at 301-874-4900. If you press 5, you may even talk to Phil Jaeger. Take care, everyone, on your journey for the CPA exam. We wish you the best and good luck. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of CPA Review and More. We are pleased to bring you the number one podcast for CPAs and CPA candidates. If you'd like to learn more about how Jaeger CPA Review can help you, find us on our website at JaegerCPAReview.com. Now, here's your host, Phil Jaeger. Hello, everyone. This is Phil Jaeger, and welcome to my podcast, CPA Review and More. And it is sponsored, as you hear from, by the Jaeger CPA Review course, because this is the only way I get to sponsor my course. All right. Now, please note that we look for guests that have interesting backgrounds, areas. All right. And this person today is one of those people. And let me introduce her. She. You want to give the rest of the name, Chi? Yeah, my name is Chi Wen George, and I'm a CPA. And uh, are you a are you an auditor at Defense Contract Audit Agency? Is that what you do? Yes, mm-hmm. I'm an auditor. Uh, so I'm a auditor for the federal government, and the agency is called Defense Contract Audit Agency. Yeah, I used to uh, give the CPA review course to them in Washington D.C. All right. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah. And actually, one of the graduates. Uh, of, you know, not a grad, one who took my course back in, God, 1979, a long time ago, he became the Auditor General of the United States Army. All right. Oh, wow. And now he's very impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Nicest guy. Nicest guy. And uh, he brought in like 30 people from all over the country because he wanted them to pass the CPA. All right. So it was like a nice little group, 30 people from all over Ohio, trying to remember where they were all from. But we got to know each other because the course went for five months, all right? I used to go in there once a week, and this was in Alexandria, Virginia. I remember that, all right? So I saw that popped up. And Chi, you live in Colorado Springs, is that correct? Yeah, I was raised here, so I've been here my whole life. (laughs) You, you, You were raised, really, you were there. How do you like Colorado Springs? I mean, are you a skier? I mean, obviously they don't have the mountains there to ski, correct? But yeah, so it's a little bit of a drive, but I go occasionally. I'm not like an avid skier or snowboarder, but I like to go at least once a season. You uh, now, I lived in Colorado as I told you for six years, and I'm trying mm-hmm. to remember. My daughter, all right, went to a sleepaway camp in Estes Park, Colorado. All right. Now, I'm trying to remember, where is Estes 
spark in related to in relation to Colorado Springs? You know, I think it's like northwest, like around two three hour drive. So it's not okay. too far, but it's a beautiful park, and I love oh, hiking yeah. and getting out there. So it's really oh, it's a great place to hike. Not too many, not too many kids can go to a camp like that. We have the Rocky Mountains right behind you, and yeah, we visited a place called the Stanley Hotel. You know what that is? I've heard of it. I haven't been yet. I need to go. That was there was a movie with Jack. Uh, God, it was about this. Uh, what was a movie where he was crazy? He went crazy. And I won't, I don't remember the name of the movie, but it was supposedly part of it was filmed at the Stanley Hotel. And the Stanley Hotel was owned by the gentleman who started the Stanley Steamer, the car company. Oh, right? that's so random. Yes. And he moved to Estes Park because of his allergies and asthma. All right. So anyway, it's a beautiful, I mean, you can stay there. At the time we went there, they were just reopening it because it had gone bankrupt, right? But it was—it's a beautiful hotel. I mean, it's very Victorian. You know, I liked it. So, you know, I recommend anybody out there if you go to Estes Park, Colorado, beautiful area. All right. In fact, any area of Colorado is beautiful. The mountain areas—I love the mountain areas. Breckenridge, all those. And by the way, I went to Colorado when I was uh, older. And what I mean by that is. I tried skiing, all right? Oh. Now, you don't do well in skiing when you start at an older age. My daughter was maybe 10 years old, all right? She could ski on the black slopes, which is the hardest slopes, the moguls, which are all those holes, whatever, all right? But she loved it. And unfortunately, she went skiing uh, twice up in Breckenridge and uh, Vail, and she tore her ACL, in both legs. I'll never forget that. But anyway, oh, wow. corner, but anyway it's a beautiful area, Colorado. And uh, the one thing I must say, if you're thinking about moving there, housing is very expensive, all right? And also very short supply of inventory, I understand, as far as housing goes, all right? So if you have real estate in Colorado, it's gone up in value, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, I was lucky I bought our house a couple years ago before it got crazy because it used to not be like this. Like the houses were very affordable, rent was very affordable, but it's been booming the last few years. And now the housing price has gone up, rent, everything. So it's gone up quite a bit. Yeah, because when we left in 88, all right, it was a real buyer's market. And we barely were able to sell it at the price we bought it for. All right. And it was like $126,000. All right. That house today is worth over 500000 It's ridiculous. Definitely oh, ridiculous. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I had a view. I, I didn't have a direct view. If I went outside, I saw the Rocky Mountains. All right. It looks like a sort of like a painting. You know, that's how nice it is. All right. It but, is. It yeah, is really it is. beautiful. I don't think I realized how nice it was when I was there. I took it for granted. All right. But tell us your background. You uh, and by the way, we've spoken before. You actually were born in Vietnam, right? Yeah, I was. I came when I was a baby. Right. And wh what city were you born in? Uh, I was born in uh, like 30 minutes outside Saigon. It's uh, a city called Puduk. OK. And at that time, uh, was the war over? I guess it was. Uh, 
And there was no fighting going on, was there? No. So I was born in the 90s. So the war was way over. Um, my, uh, my parent, my mom was actually a refugee of the war. So we actually stayed in a refugee camp in the Philippines for about a year. And then we came to adjust. And then we came to the U.S. and settled in Colorado Springs and have been here since. Actually, uh, the area now, uh, like, for example, Saigon, uh, mm-hmm. Ho Chi Minh. Is that a city, Ho Chi Minh? I'm trying to remember. It's the same, it's the same name. It's our same city, but different names. And if you go there now, I mean, because I, I don't know if you've watched this TV show, Household, House Hunters International, but people relocate to some place yeah. in the States and they go to Vietnam. And they have unbelievably high-rise modern buildings. All right. It is so different from when that war was going on. All right. Mm-hmm. But it's a beautiful city. Uh, probably the only thing that would bother me would be the heat and humidity. Yeah. Yeah. When uh, my family comes, goes back like every five years and I take a shower like three to five times a day because I'm just so hot. I'm not used to it <laughs> out here in Colorado. You need a hose to carry around with you, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> where is your, your husband was born where? Where is your husband from? He's from Arkansas. So the Air Force brought him to Colorado and that's how we met. Now, has he been to Vietnam? Uh, no, he hasn't yet. We need to go someday. Does he want uh, to go? Does he want to go? He does. My parents just do tell scary stories, so he gets a little scared and nervous to go. But I'm like, it's fine. It's really safe What's a there. Scary so story. <laughs> tell me a scary story. Um, gosh, I can't think of it right now. But they would just say, like, was it way it was during the war? Is that how they tell it? Well. You know, like if you walk down the street, there'd be like pickpocketers or uh, Vietnamese people are very confrontational. So if they don't like something, they'll say it kind of thing. Um, but I don't think it might be like that for Americans visiting, maybe Vietnamese Vietnamese people, but we're just very like open, very honest and stuff. And I think um, my husband has a hard time with that. He's from a small town of like 4,000 people in Arkansas. So he's not very used to it. <laughs> I assume you've been to Arkansas, correct? Yeah, we go every year. We're actually about to go for Thanksgiving in a few weeks. Oh, that's nice. And uh, uh, is your is your husband a, a is he have brothers sisters? All right. Yeah, he has uh, an older sister, and, and we're he, visiting his parents. Yeah. And uh, the Clintons are from Arkansas, are they not? Uh huh. Yeah, they are. He's a, where does he live in? Where was he living in Arkansas? He's from Dartnell, very, very small town, but Arkansas is made up of a bunch of small towns. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> do you like it when you go down there? Do you really like it? I mean, there's not much to do, but it's kind of nice to get out there um, and disconnect for a little bit and just kind of get out in the country and have some fun um, and pretty much do nothing and just relax. So I, I didn't enjoy it at first when I was younger, but as I got older, I'm like, oh, it's kind of nice to get out here and just do nothing for a week. Less of a hassle than in Colorado Springs, you know, Denver area. I'm sure it's so much more laid back. Yeah, way laid back. So it's just nice to, to relax. Or his um, parents' house have a nice pond and stuff. We go fishing. We do a bunch of stuff outside. So it's really nice. And you mentioned to them that I'd love to come in there for Thanksgiving also if they'd invite me. Yeah, come over. Come have some dinner with us. <laughs> just send me. <laughs> uh, yeah, just give me their address. And I'll just sort of pop in, you know, tell them uh, I want to I want to get to a slower life because we're in Washington, D.C. And this is not oh, yeah. a slow life. No, no. But anyway, tell us about, you know, when you were 18, what happened? You, you're you basically uh, writing a blog. 
all right, called CPA Mom. And what is that yeah. blog about? Yeah, so um, I created this blog earlier this year. It's called a CPA Mom. It's a way to connect with other accountants that are um, also their accountants, CPAs. They're also moms. So my story is, I actually had my daughter at a very young age. I actually got pregnant with her in high school and had her at eighteen. So, uh, I was a single teen parent trying to figure out life, you know, at a, at a young age, and I discovered accounting. So I went back to a community college, started school part time. Uh, eventually, worked my way up to going to school full time while working and you know raising my daughter. So I this ended up on, in Colorado, by the way. This was mm-hmm. so you went to a community yeah. college in Colorado. I uh, just start out. Then I transferred to UCCS, University of Colorado, Colorado Springs, and that's where I finished my degree and got my master's. So I ended up finishing my degree around age 24, and I got my master's and my CPA a year later at 25. And I really struggled trying to find somebody to connect with. Like I, a lot of the uh, resources I found online or talked to people, I felt like a lot of them, you know, weren't going through what I was going through. Like they were studying full time or you know, or just focused on school or they didn't have a kid to raise. So I just felt like I hadn't I had trouble connecting with somebody and I had trouble balancing these things. But after I finished my CPA, I'm like, you know, I found out there's a lot of moms out there or parents or whatever that are struggling and need help. So I decided to start this blog and write about my journey of how I did it. And I write about how I pass as a working mom, how which master's degree I decide resources I use as a military spouse, or I've also talked to many military spouses. They didn't know that there's this program out there that pays for your tests and helps you with the resume. So I write about all the resources I have, and I give some free resources to people to help them through their journey and know that they could do it as a working parent, as a mom. Um, they can become an accountant. They can become a CPA. Are you happy you went into accounting uh, before you took the CPA? Were you happy during the accounting? Uh, I mean, a couple classes made me cry a couple times. But... It did. That's terrible. Uh, <laughs> but, which course you know, cry? I'm just curious. Which one is that? Tax. tax. I love tax, but that was just a hard class. <laughs> um, how did the gentleman teach tax? Did he, uh, did he, how are his exams? I'm just curious. Because my tax instructor in college gave open book, all right, he gave questions with fill in the blanks. Oh my God, I wish. Yeah. Um, so, no, you don't no, wish. No, that was terrible. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh. um, UCCS was really focused at that time to become one of the top CPA schools in Colorado, I, which I believe they are now. Um, but at that time, they were changing the program towards that. So, I actually had the same questions on the CPA exam as my testing school <laughs> and my homework. It was very difficult, um, but I learned a lot and it really paid off. And uh, let me go back here. You liked the counting, uh, except for the fact that it was difficult. You found certain subjects. How did you know you wanted to be an accountant, though? So I actually wanted to be a teacher originally, but I was just really scared and nervous going to teaching. There was a lot of layoffs at that time when I went enter college. Um, and then when I started community college, I was I took some business classes. Um, I was actually running a franchisee with my mom. I was a nail tech. So I started taking business classes at the community college. And that's where I discovered accounting. I had no idea what accountants were or what they did. I just heard about it. I didn't know. Um, but when I took the business classes, I really loved it. And uh, I got introduced to accounting by another student. It just sounded something I really liked, like finance and spreadsheets and just organizing and all that. I actually 
So I declared accounting as my major, but I actually didn't take an accounting class at that point. I was actually really scared because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was just so young. Um, so when I finally did take the accounting classes, I got like the top grade in the class and I did really well and I just loved it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is my thing. Uh, this is for me. So I just went with it and kept going with it since then. Did you consider finance as a major, a possibility? I did. I did consider finance as a major, but it seemed like finance people uh, with their job is more kind of going out and talking to people, and which we do in accounting. But I, that was what I was interested in. I kind of just wanted to kind of sit back and work on my spreadsheet, work my work. So that's kind of why I chose accounting. And I really, I actually really enjoy it. So I'm really glad I chose it. Now, do you get to speak to people like, uh, you know, giving a, uh, a talk on your background uh, or you don't have a fear of public speaking, do you? No, I don't have a fear of public speaking. So do you do public speaking, talking to them about this, the background or what you went through? Yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't done any public speaking event, but I, talking to people, I talk to them. Um, I don't just randomly bring it up, but when somebody's going through a hard time or going through similar uh, situations. And also my blog is an outlet, but I would bring it up and talk about it and uh, let them know that they can do it too. How often do you write the blog? Um, so I also started as a creative outlet. Um, at first I was kind of starting every two weeks, every month, but now I just kind of write anytime I get inspired or a lot of times people would actually write me. They're like, Hey, what order should I take the CPA exam? So I'm going to write an article on which order to take the CPA exam. So if anyone reaches out to me with any resource or any question, I'll write about it right away. Some creativity comes to me, I'll write. Do you get a lot of questions from uh, military uh, spouses uh, about um, you know, what the CPA is like, that type of thing? I get a lot of questions from a lot of people. Um, I think military spouses, they're very specific on what resources they could use through the military with the exam. But I also have a lot of friends and coworkers and, you know, anyone who's going to CPA and they hear your CPA, they want to ask questions. They want to know what's going on and your experience. Is it only, it's only spouses who are in accounting. Is that correct? Or are they already CPAs or are they going to be CPAs? Uh, a mix of both. I've met um, CPA spouses or people who are testing or going through the process. Because as you know, um, uh, this nice young lady, Megan Lefchek, who, who worked yes. for me, uh, I never say someone worked for me, it sounds terrible. She worked with me and uh, she really was a very good student. She went to the University of Denver and, mm -hmm. you know, she's She's done well. I mean, she actually took the CMA exam also. And uh, I don't know what she, is she uh, just, what is she doing now? She's still dealing with military wives, that type of thing? Yeah, she actually created a group for military spouse CPAs, um, which she actually invited me to join. We had to meet up and talk to each other and share resources. Um, and she did mention Jaeger and that's how I uh, came to know you guys. And she loved working with you guys. But it's great to connect with other CPA spouses, especially the biggest issue that comes up for spouses is moving to a different jurisdiction and um, getting their licensure. If they have their own firm or finding a job that will work with them and their schedule, especially with uh, deployment or moving around and stuff. So we, that's a big topic that we have uh, between the CPA military spouses. When you graduated school, uh, you were living in Colorado, correct? All mm -hmm. right. And you had to get, obviously you have to be licensed. All right, you're licensed in Colorado. Is that where you became licensed? 
Yeah. So I'm kind of like the unicorn of military spouses. My husband um, has only been stationed here for 14 years. Um, he originally was enlisted. He works in, he's a space operator, as a satellite operator in space. And most of the work is here in Colorado Springs. And then he got out enlisted around six years, shortly after we got married. And then he became a reservist. So he's still full-time military. Um, we get all the full benefits, but we don't move. So well, that's, I, fortunately, that's the worst thing, yeah. relocation all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I fortunately haven't dealt with that, um, but I can definitely understand how the difficulties the other spouses face dealing with it. What was the experience requirement in Colorado? Uh, did you and if you know, did you have trouble getting a license? Uh, what did you did you work for a CPA firm? Yeah, I didn't have trouble getting a license. So um, while I was in college, uh, I was part of this group. I was president of this um, club called Counting Honor Society. So what we did was we reached out to firms in the area and had them come in and host an event to hire students. So I was um, able to get hired at one of the CPA firms through that. I started out as a tax consultant and then I moved on to, but then I realized I didn't want to just do tax. I want, I'm, I'm not the type of person like, I want to try everything. I want to do everything. So I switched to a small firm where um, I worked part-time while doing my master's, my CPA, and I did tax auditing and bookkeeping there. So for me, the hours weren't difficult. It was 1800 hours, uh, which could be done within a year. If you work full-time for me, it took two years because I was working part-time with my schedule. And then from there, I did work for another firm as well before switching to the government. Now, is that 1,800 hours working in a CPA firm or 1,800 hours making made up of, you have to have some attest function? Did you do some auditing? Do some of those hours have to be in auditing? Uh, no. So the hours just has to be under CPA. It doesn't matter where work it is, whether it's tax or auditing, it just has to be under CPA here. So that makes it nice. But I do have some uh, friends who find it difficult to find jobs under CPA. They might work for a private company where their controller or CFO let their CPA license lapse and stuff like that. So there are some challenges with that. Um, so working a CPA firm made it a little easier because, you know, you have to be a CPA there. Yeah, that's the hardest thing is a lot of people uh, pass the exam. And then in most jurisdictions, it's usually working one year in a CPA firm or one year under a CPA who can sign off on your, your license. And I mean, how many people are dealing with that problem, do you find? I would say about a third of my friends who are going through the CPA thing or finding a job to hire them out of school, which is part of, part of what we set up the club. But also, you know, there are a lot of people hiring, but to find the right fit for you and what you want to do, that's also difficult as well. And then here in Colorado, when I was testing, they just switched. I think we were one of the last states to switch to the 150-hour requirement. So a lot of firms were dealing with that. They're like, oh, like these people can't work, you know, 65 hours all the time. Like they have to finish their master's too before they can even get or take extra. Master's is only one route, but they have to get the 150 hours before it was 120. Like how do we deal with that and trying to figure that out as well? I remember uh, Colorado was one of the last states to have the 150 hours and they had the bachelor's degree only. And a mm -hmm. lot of people, I don't think you had a residency. Uh, anybody, you know, people became licensed in, you know, Colorado. And the reason I remember the governor, his reason was that uh, there was a shortage of accounts. All mm -hmm. right. And if they put that uh, 150 hour rule, 
it was going to affect the number of accountants that they would have in Colorado. Now, I don't know what eventually caused them to change to the 150. I don't know if they got pressure from anybody. Are you aware of that in any way? I'm not sure, but I know a lot of my friends because it's been a recent change the last couple of years. They'll finish their CPA, fight, they'll finish their CPA exam, their classes, their experience. They'll submit the application for the CPA and they'll come back saying you're missing classes and you have 90 days to fix it. So they'll quickly enroll into an online class for eight weeks and tr- to try to get the 150 hours or the very specific courses they need. So that actually has been a huge challenge. Most of my friends, actually like half of my friends, if they didn't go to UCCS, went to a different college or moved to Colorado, they ended up having to take um, a class after they thought they were done <laughs> with everything and they were ready to be CPA. So that has been a big challenge as well. But I think uh, how many of them uh, that write to you in your blog or whatever, how many of them really have not found a state to be licensed in? I don't think that finding a state is too much because the residency isn't a requirement. Like uh, some spouses reach out to me, but like I, I meet all the requirements here, but we're moving here. I don't meet it here and stuff like that. I tell them just to, if there's a residency requirement to get their license in the state that they qualify for. You know, you don't, if you're living in Colorado, you don't have to have a license in Colorado to practice, depending on what you do. That's you might. Right, right. Yeah. You only need so, the license if you can open up a firm or do accounting work and you want to be licensed in that state. Okay. But mm-hmm. if you're going to work for the government or a corporation, you can be licensed any place. Exactly. So I tell people that, like, if you meet requirements somewhere, get it there. Like, if so, don't stop. Like, keep going and get it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Na- National Association of State Boards of Accounting, NASBA, I think they have something where if you're having trouble getting licensed, all right, uh, you can pay a fee to them. They will look at your experience requirement and see if it's of such that you can get licensed in some of the states that they're affiliated with. I mean, like I think Colorado is one of those. Montana, mm-hmm. you know, now, that was six months ago, all right? I have not kept up whether they still have that program, but that's a big problem, you know? Where do you get licensed? A lot of people say, gee, I passed this exam, all right? I don't wanna work in public accounting, or I'm going to work for the federal government, and I don't, have, I don't work under a CPA. So I have a terrible time getting the experience requirement, all right? But I think they've made it more difficult now because most states say, one year in a CPA firm or one year under a CPA. So they're actually cutting out people who are going from the CPA exam to the federal government and they don't have the experience requirement. And I'm not sure if that's turning people off or not, you know, because there's less people taking the exam. Yeah, I know one thing that when I talk to some of my coworkers about, is they were originally pursuing a CPA or thinking about it or considering it, but then they discovered their other um, license they could get that might benefit them more like a CIA or CFE or a CMA. I think, um, you know, like CPA is known as the gold standard because you do a little bit of everything and the process to get there, the experience, education is very high and is very well respected. But a lot of people are realizing they don't need a CPA license to do what they need to do. They could get a different license, like a CMA. Like for me, I do auditing. So a CMA, they're like, okay, well, I've done auditing. I have the years of experience. I can get that license and that will help me get ahead in my career. So I think um, with all the new licenses coming out, um, people are looking at those as well. 
Yeah, they're uh, they're going to CMA because it doesn't require any experience requirement. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't need the fifth year of college or school. And a lot of people are turned off with that fifth year because they have to pay for another year of uh, tuition, that type of thing. Uh, and actually, the concern I have is that the number of people taking the exam is dropping. It's dropping. Mm -hmm. All right. And that's why they're coming up with this. I'm not going to talk about it with you right now, but there's that uh, CPA uh, uh, evolution that they're dealing with. All right. But, you know, are you familiar with that at all? I know a little bit about it. Um, I've read briefly about it, but I don't have a deep understanding of it. Neither does most people. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, all right. Supposedly, they'll let you specialize in different areas. All right. But this is the icing on the cake. All right. In order to get the license, you still have to work in a CPA firm either one year or under a CPA for one year. So even though it looks like, hey, they're becoming, hey, they're, they're smart. They know we're specializing in different areas and not necessarily public accounting. But when it comes down to the experience requirement, they still want to put you into public accounting. All right. Yeah. And not everyone wants to do public accounting. You know, like right. the CPA could be used so many places. So and I, I wonder if the 150 hour has uh, made it drop as well. Well, they're saying in articles I read that the 150 hours more or less is, you know, that ship has already sailed. All right. Okay. And in order to remove that, they'd have to get every state legislature all right, to agree to that. And there is no way in the world that's going to happen. All right. Yeah. Like, so the IMA, you know, which is the CMA you mentioned. All right. Have you thought about getting the CMA, by the way? I did at one point, but after testing for the CPA, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good with one vaccination right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I understand that. And, but the, the IMA is in there. They're saying they know the problem people are having. All right, they're getting tired. They don't want to take the CPA. All right, they are pushing that CMA. And it's becoming very big overseas and also in the States. And it's increasing, mm -hmm. I think, I'm not sure if it's uh, domestic or foreign, but it's increased by 66%, the number oh, of people wow. going for the CMA. In fact, Megan, all right, who's a CPA, all right, she took the CMA and she's both, all right? Now, I don't know, you know, once again, I don't know why she went for the CMA. I know why she went for the CPA, but, uh, you know, the AICPA has to do something because they, you know, in two years, they're going to change this exam all over again, mm -hmm. right? And it's going to become even more complicated because they're putting a lot of uh, IT on the auditing part of the exam. And a lot of this has not been tested in universities. And this is one other big problem, all right? They are telling the universities, we are going to set the curriculums for every university, every school, all right? And these universities do not want to be told what their curriculum has to be, all right? But this thing is going forward, and I think it's going to come to a point where someone's going to say, wait a minute, all right? We got to think about this thing before we change it, all right? I don't know if they're thinking about... They think about the decline, but they're not thinking about a way of solving it. Yeah, I think they need a different approach towards this. Yeah, because, um, because it it's made a change in your life, hasn't it? Oh, yeah. 
It definitely has. Yeah, just about everyone I talk to says the same thing. Hey, Phil, all right, this has changed my life. With the CPA, I can do basically, all right, you work in public accounting, but now you work for the DCAA. By the way, do you like doing audits, government audits? I do. Actually, I was, I'm surprised how challenging it is. Um, I think there's a misperception uh, out there. The government employees, you know, we don't do much. It's, or maybe I have that perception out there. Like it's just like a nine to five, but I am learning so much. There's so many, um, in public accounting, all I did was financial auditing, but here I'm doing incur like a cost accounting incurred cost audit for pricing audits, accounting system audits. I'm doing a lot of different types of work and it's actually faster paced than I thought. And I'm learning so much. Where are you working out of your house? You're working out of your house or? Yeah, right here. (laughs) So I'm working in my office. Yeah. So I'm working from home. I am, so I'm a residential auditor. So any audits that's over a billion dollars, we get, they get assigned residential auditors and they also have a mobile office. That's very much like public accounting where they go to different um, government contracts and audit. So I'm at the residential one. Um, before COVID, which I did not work before COVID, I actually got this job during COVID. Um, they would go into the office, the c- contract office twice a week and work from home the rest of the week. Um, but since I've worked here, um, I started joining COVID. I actually only worked from home. I've only been in the office once for a few hours to get my badge. Is that, and that was it. Yeah, it's awesome. And um, it's great. I get to stay home and work in my pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> What is your commute? Two minutes? You go from the bedroom to the where your office is downstairs? Yeah, I have to walk down the stairs. So. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Jaeger CPA Review and more. As a token for our appreciation for your listenership, we'd like to offer you 10% off your next purchase with Jaeger CPA Review. Save between $50 to $150 with code PODCAST10. If you'd like more information, look us up on JaegerCPAReview.com. And as always, if you've enjoyed this show, please rate and review on iTunes or your preferred listening platform. Again, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to you tuning in next time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast, Jaeger CPA Review and more. This podcast is sponsored by Jaeger CPA Review, the course provider that deals only with the ASCPA blueprints. Please go to the JaegerCPAReview.com website and look at our various products. And we believe in seeing is believing. And therefore, please look at our three-day free trial. Pick a subject and it'll give you three days free access unlimited to that product. And I believe that once you look at that product and see how it works, you will pick Jaeger CPA Review as your course provider. If you have any questions, you can reach us at 301-874-4900. If you press 5, you may even talk to Phil Jaeger. Take care, everyone, on your journey for the CPA exam. We wish you the best and good luck. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of CPA Review and More. We are pleased to bring you the number one podcast for CPAs and CPA candidates. If you'd like to learn more about how Jaeger CPA Review can help you, find us on our website at JaegerCPAReview.com. Now, here's your host, Phil Jaeger. The thing is, does the uh, DCAA 
still encourage people to get the CPA or another designation where they don't care? Honestly, I don't think they care. Like none of my supervisors have their CPA. I think two other people on my team of 15 have their CPA. Um, they do support it. They do um, pay, help pay for it. Um, and I think they get, I'm not exactly sh- sure everything they do, but they do support it and help with it. Um, I was able to get out of some training because of my CPA license, um, but they're very supportive of the CPA. They do data on it. I think a huge portion of actually our company is CPA. I think about 30%. So what others, what do they take? CIA, Certified Internal Order? Do they have that um, designation? There are other five vaccinations that they uh, highly recognize. I can't remember what they were, um, but there are five. And I didn't even know what the four other were. Um, and my coworkers have different designations. Like one has the CFE. Certified Fraud Examiner? Yes. Yeah, yeah. she's the Certified Fraud Examiner. Um, but CPA is not highly pushed. Um, there's just... There's so many licenses. Because at one time, the auditors uh, at DCAA were encouraged to take the CPA, Mm -hmm. right? But I think that's been sort of a turnoff because it's so hard to get, so difficult to take, you know? Yeah. Uh, And you're not really doing anything with the, you don't do anything with the test function, do you? Uh, I mean, do you get involved with, it's generally accepted accounting principles, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Yeah. What 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 kind of accounting principles do you have in government auditing? So we do a lot of yellow book, um, Mm -hmm. a lot of CAS accounting, CAS. So GAGAS, CAS. Yeah. And then actually have a lot FAR. So actually part of the process is I actually go into these regulation sites. I'll read the, they they have like a set um, system for each audit. And set regulations, and I would go through and read like the FAR guidance, the CAS guidance, the GAGAS guidance to see how I approach the audit and how I want to go about my work papers. So when you joined DCAA, all right, you learned all these other pronouncements on the job. Um, I actually, I was actually working in government and public accounting before that, but yeah, they did give us training. Uh, CAS, I was not familiar with because cost accounting. This is my first job doing cost accounting, but they did. They have incredible training uh we do six weeks of training and they do go over these guidance with us and it's very hands-on they would give us like fake work papers that were actual real stuff that they worked on and they put in training for us and we actually go through the whole thing and work on it as a team together um it's like six weeks of training and then we do another certificate training on top of that i've never had so many so much training in my life uh but but you enjoy it right you enjoy it i do i like the support like i feel like in public accounting i did get training um, and they're very helpful, but I feel like you get thrown out there a little bit more and here they kind of, which you do get thrown out here, but they, they really do support you with the amount of training that you get. They don't just send you out on an audit yourself and say, uh, learn it, do they? Or do they train you? Is there yeah, someone so we to have to, to, someone to six, look to? So we have six weeks of training. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And where was the training in, uh, Colorado Springs or with so, you? It's normally in Atlanta, Georgia, but since COVID, uh, it's online now. So I did it all online. But the before they would send you two weeks at a time for like the first three months to Atlanta, Georgia, and they have a school out there and they train you. But I did it here at my desk <laughs> at home. No, that's great. I mean, that's uh, you know, if you enjoy it, that's the most important thing. You know? Yes. If you enjoy what you do every day, that's very important. The worst thing is doing obviously a job where you hate going, 
every day. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't care yeah. if you're doing out of your house or not. You know, let me ask you, um, if you were, by the way, I just wanted to mention this. The number one city who listens to these podcasts is Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, that's right? awesome. We're number one in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, I just want to throw out hello to Atlanta. Thank you for watching the podcast and listening to them. Um, let's talk about one last thing, all right? Do you want people to, how do you want to help people? Through the blog? Is that what you're trying to do? Do you want more people yeah. to contact you? Um, yeah, I mean, they're welcome to contact me. I have my email on there. I have my social media on there. I have people write me messages to get help and support. But um, that's how I just kind of write about my journey. And hopefully somebody could uh, relate and help them through theirs. Uh, so you are, in order to get in touch with you, you're on LinkedIn. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Um, my website is thecpamom.com. And my email is also on there. And you will help them with, once again, what are the things you help them with? Um, like, for example, actually, most of my articles are written because people ask me questions. Like, for example, a person's like, I'm not sure which order should I take the CK exam. So I wrote an article on that, very detailed. Or they're like, I don't know how to balance working and being a mom. So I created a, a template, like a schedule template. And I kind of walk them through like how they can create a schedule that works best for them to study and figure out their test date and stuff like that. So I have a couple of free resources and articles where I walk people through stuff that they've come up and asked me. What do you tell the moms as far as taking the CPA exam or not taking it? What exactly do you tell them? I tell them, I think a lot of people, even me, I had a misconception where my whole life needs to revolve around the exam. And I actually, so I passed, so I passed my first exam regs, the tax one, um, when I was going to school full time, I was in between jobs. So I decided to, uh, to focus on the exam for a couple of weeks, but then I went into my job and I was still doing my master's and everything. And I failed three exams in a row. And I thought my whole life had to revolve around it. And after um, failing those exams, I realized, no, my um, exams revolve around my life. So I kind of changed things around. I created a schedule. I'm like, wait, I work this time. I take my daughter to dance. I, do, I also practice martial arts and stuff. So I'm like, let me do a schedule of everything I need to do um, or work on homework or do whatever. And then put the exam when I have time. So I would actually study... I'm a night person. I'm a night owl. So I would study from 8 p.m. after my daughter went to bed to midnight each wow. night. And then I finished. Um, yeah. So I would do that. And then on Saturdays and then every Sunday I would take it off, spend time with my family, go out and do things with them, you know, but um, I just focused on the exam, like around my schedule, my life. And I was able to finish it. I actually had a deadline since I passed the breaks. I had, you know, 18 months to pass. So um, I so I failed for six months, took five months off to finish my master's. Uh, once I got done my master's, it took six months and I finished odd, BC, and FAR within that period. Just studying, studying four hours a night. I did do FAR full-time. I um, negotiated with the tax partner. So April 16th through June 5th, I studied eight hours a day for FAR um, and passed. But I think a lot of people think that their whole life needs to revolve around it. I'm like, no, you don't. Like, you have kids, you have to cook dinner, you have to clean, you have to Obviously, spend time with your yes, family. That's true. And you need to put the exam around your life. And I think also another thing I see a lot of moms are like, I want to get it over as fast as I can. And they schedule the exam way quicker than they're ready. They're like, I'm going to schedule in five weeks. I'm like, no, like, get into a study routine, figure out, let's say you get through one module a night or whatever it is. After a couple of weeks, you you'll know 
you can create a schedule and you'll know exactly what you need to do. Like, okay, I can test in like eight weeks. And I tell him like, dude, I took five months off a CP exam. I still finished in 18 months. I'm like, if you can only study two hours a night, let's say eight to 10, do it. Schedule the exam in three months, not five weeks. You know, like just be consistent and you know, you have a life and that's okay to have a life in a CP exam. So that's why I tell a lot of moms, like, just take your time with it. There's no rush. I mean, there is an 18 month window, but like, you can do it. Like, just be consistent. Get yeah. 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 Get into a schedule. Stick to the plan, right? You got to go. Yeah. Plan and stick to it. And right? I tell them to leave buffer time in. Like, I would leave an extra week of review or I would put buffer time a week. Like, oh, like my daughter had an awards ceremony today. So I'm not going to study. I'm going to focus on her. But I know I can make it up Sunday morning or whatever, a different time. Last thing. What do you do mm-hmm. with martial arts? What exactly are you doing with that? Yeah, so I practice hyper Taekwondo. You beat me up. Oh, easily. No, just kidding. <laughs> You're absolutely right. No, but anyway, what do you do in martial arts? So I actually joined um, during that period. I told you I failed, but I took five months off. I actually joined martial arts during that time. Um, I had a great time. So I do hybrid Hapkido. Um, it's I'm sorry, uh, what was that? I, I hybrid Hapkido. It's hybrid what I practice. Hapkido. Okay, what's that? So it's a South Korean form of martial arts. It's a lot of circles um, in the movement. So like um, half the week we do kind of traditional martial arts where, you know, like punching and kicking. The other half of the week we do um, sparring, self-defense, um, weapons and stuff. So I have a lot of fun with that. It's a family class. I do it with my daughter. My husband didn't like it. He quit. Um, my son's only two, so I'm going to join him soon when he's old enough. But it's a lot of fun. I have a great time with it. And I'm actually, sorry, one more thing with that. A lot of people think they have to give up working out and their whole life and everything for the CP exam. I'm like, no, you need to make sure you work out and do all this stuff still while you're studying. That actually helps it. You don't teach these classes, do you? Um, I help out because I'm a brown belt. I've been doing about four years. So a brown I'm kind of, belt. Wow. What's yeah, some the level C- of belts? What are they? Yeah. Where's uh, so, the brown fall? Uh, the brown. So there's brown, red, and black. So I'm almost there, um, like three or four years from there. But this is a very great place. Um, they work us. Like I have to have my kicks over my head and do a lot of things before I get my black belt. <laughs> they definitely don't hand it to you here. That's pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, don't tell my wife, though, because she'll say, you got to do more exercise. All right. Okay. <laughs> she actually, unfortunately, six years ago, she got Parkinson's. All right. Oh, no. But... She's so much more organized than I am. And mm-hmm. every day she does exercises, you know, and they do a boxing for them. And, you know, if if I had that, I am not the type that uh, if they tell me to do exercises Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all right, I probably would let it go. I would never think about the end result. But uh, she actually uh, does boxing. And when the... Um, when we had the pandemic, they went on, you know, it's Zoom call. It's like a Zoom thing. And uh, mm-hmm. she used to go to the classes. But now, you know, she does it on, she has like, you know, a TV. And uh, she does boxing. Now, she hasn't beat anybody up. But, you know, <laughs> she, has, <laughs> she has her pink boxing gloves. And she's going like this. And the instructor is on the TV. And uh, oh. now, I, I, they had a, one day uh, where they had a... Uh, Parkinson's day, all right, and I went there with the other people, and uh, I was able to box with the 
person who does the physical therapy for that. All right. And she says, you want a box? I said, yeah, I guess I've never done that. So she started going nice and this. And I did that. And I would say after five minutes, I was tired. Yeah. I'm covered in sweat after, but it sounds like you should not piss off your wife at all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, good. Uh, We've been married 53 years. Oh, wow. That's awesome. She's only four foot seven and a half. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, but I know I don't want to, I don't want to piss her off. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah. It doesn't work out. She's faster than I am, even with the Parkinson's, you know, when, uh, no, I don't want to get her angry. I you know, it's no. funny. Uh, my aunt, who's deceased, she was only about four foot nine. And she had a, I'm finding that people, it's not, I shouldn't stereotype, but I'm finding that people who are shorter height, all right, they have a bigger temper. So, um, but my wife, I, she's put up with me for a long time. And, uh, oh, okay. That's yeah. good. And, you know, I, we have a good relationship. We have one child. She's in her, she just turned 50, you know? Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah, I got a 50-year-old daughter who's complaining she's getting old looking. And then I have an 18-year-old granddaughter and a 15-year-old grandson. And I might have told you this. The 18-year-old is in her first year of college at University of Alabama. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going this weekend to visit her. So we have to fly uh, from Washington, D.C. And uh, uh, the football they're the number one. They were number one in football, but their stadium holds a hundred thousand people. Oh wow! Yeah, Alabama takes their sports, their football seriously. Don't and they? their revenue that they mm-hmm. put, the revenue comes from that that sports, the big on all these sports. So uh, it'll be interesting to go there. Actually, I'm afraid to get on a plane. I've been on a plane for two years. Yeah. Uh, I, I, oh wait, no. I went to Vegas a couple months ago. Never mind. But oh, I didn't did. go with my I kids. Love Vegas. What'd you do in Vegas? <laughs> I just kind of hung out. I, so Martial Arts Studio, they actually do a con, like a giveaway. So we actually won a Las Vegas giveaway before COVID, and finally we were able to win. So we were able to go around, you know, sightseeing. And where did you go? Where did you go to Vegas? When did you go to Vegas? So in May. Oh, so it's fairly recently. And so where did they? Where did they let you stay? Where did you stay there? Uh, we stayed at the Caesar Hotel. Uh, it was oh, pretty that's decent. Cool. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That's a hotel. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if you're, in, I love food, unfortunately. Uh, the food in Vegas is really good. Yeah. That was my favorite activity there, was eating <laughs> for sure. <laughs> but I can see, even though I, you must be, you, you're so thin. Is, is this how thin you are like that? You don't gain yeah. weight, do you? No. <laughs> I don't like people like you because <laughs> I, I look at food, I gain weight. So, uh, yeah, that's, but I, I commend you on, uh, yes, I wouldn't start a fight with you. I definitely wouldn't. Okay. Um, I'm glad no I look great talk. A, there's no reason yeah. to start a fight with a nice person like you. So, oh, thank you. Yeah. I've uh, had a great time talking to you on this. This is awesome. Oh, thank you. And I, I appreciate your husband's service. Uh, and also, I appreciate what you're doing with the military wives, all right? I mean, I know you're being, that blog is probably giving him a lot of direction, all right? And I know that Megan does a lot. Megan Lefchak mm-hmm. does a lot with that. And her husband is in the Air Force, and she's down in Hawaii, which doesn't sound too bad to me. <laughs> no, I would love <laughs> to be in Hawaii right now. Here. You know, it's cold here during the winter. Uh, but no, it's... 
I remember when she was working for us, I'd call her and say, Megan, what's the temperature there today? And I, what is, you know, I was looking for trouble. Uh, you know, it's, meanwhile, it's 30 here. She says, oh, it's the uh, same day. It's about 78, 80. So I said, wow. I don't like you. I'm not going to talk to you again. All right. But no, that's, that's not bad. You know, and I hope she's still happy down there. And I hope her husband's doing well. And I hope you're going to stay what you're doing. And uh, hopefully we will touch base again with you sometime. And I, once again, if you want to just, if you're a military wife who's a CPA or not a CPA, all right, you go on LinkedIn and you put CPA mom, all right, and then look at her blog. I'm sure it's very interesting. I have not looked at it, but I will. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank you. Anyway, I want to thank everyone again for watching our podcast. And also, all right, if you have comments, you know you can go on Spotify, all right, and make comments. You know, we get some we get some nice comments that they enjoy listening to this and watching it. And you know, keep asking and re- tell us what you want to hear or see. All right, I'll do my best to get people on there who can you know give you information. So I want to wish everyone the best, and uh, you'll probably be watching this sometimes after the holiday or during the holiday. So the best of holidays to everybody, and stay safe, be healthy, and once again, what I've noticed with this pandemic is people are not that nice, all right? They've gotten worse. (laughs) So, I mean, I was called someone the other day, a mental case. I mean, this guy was standing online with me. At the post office, and I was more, I was about five feet away from him. I think he was going to take out a, a ruler, all right? And he says to me, you know, you're getting too close to me. You're a mental case. And I said, oh, my God. I said, what's wrong with people? But anyway, be kind to people, all right? Hey, that's all we have in this country, in this world, people. So be pleasant. You have to be nasty, all right? So everyone, take care. Shay. Thank you very much. And you take care and continued success with your blog and your job. And you, have, I'm sorry, how many children do you have again? Two. Two. Boy, girl, what, what are they? One of each. One of each. Okay, good. And, uh, and how old are they, if I may ask? Yeah, so my daughter's 10 and then my son's two. Oh, gee. Are they in the terrible twos yet, your son? Oh, my God. Are there any one. Twos? They're yes. all terrible, aren't they? I mean, you know, no, it's enjoy them. It goes by very quickly. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much for being on the podcast. I, I, tre- yeah. I appreciate it tremendously. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. I had a great time. And, um, and of course your company has done a lot of amazing stuff. So keep up with that too. Well, thank you. Thank you. And happy holiday to you. All right. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. Take care, everyone. We'll see you again. Thank you so much for listening to Jaeger CPA Review and more. As a token for our appreciation for your listenership, we'd like to offer you 10% off your next purchase with Jaeger CPA Review. Save between $50 to $150 with code PODCAST10. If you'd like more information, look us up on JaegerCPAReview.com. And as always, if you've enjoyed this show, please rate and review on iTunes or your preferred listening platform. Again, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to you tuning in next time.